This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? Until today, I was homeschooled. And then it was goodbye, Africa. And hello, high school. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm Jess. This is Damien. Watch out, new meat coming through. You got your cool Asians, burnouts, jocks, the greatest people you will ever meet, and the worst. Plastics. Who are the plastics? They're teen royalty. That's Karen Smith. She is one of the dumbest girls you will ever meet. Gretchen Wieners. She has two Fendi purses and a silver Lexus. And evil takes a human form in Regina George. Get in, loser. We're going shopping. I knew how this would be settled in the animal world. But this was girl world. All the fighting had to be sneaky. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And in honour of the Sandler clans, you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah tween dramedy that we're going to be doing tomorrow. Today, we are taking the opportunity to throw back 19 years to um, a teen comedy classic, which is 2004's Mean Girls. I remember loving Mean Girls so much when it came out. It was, of course, also at the height of like the Lindsay Lohan um, fame, right? And it's actually really fun to revisit. And even though I'm sure we'll get into how some things about it hasn't particularly aged so well, I enjoyed the revisit. It also gave me surprisingly a lot of things to think about in terms of just how much um, what we consider acceptable in terms of... uh, diversity and feminism on screen has changed in a relatively short time. So what you're saying is that the movie isn't as fetch as it was <laughs> in no, 2004. No. Stop trying to make fetch happen, Arvin. It never will. As they say in England or wherever it is. Um, the, when I watch Mean Girls like this time around, right, uh, I was thinking about how it's so normal to name movies like Citizen Kane and Space Odyssey and and Lawrence of Arabia and stuff as as cinematic landmarks, which is true, and they all are. But if we are measuring a movie purely on pop culture footprint and a kind of resonating influence that it has, Mean Girls 100% needs to be super, super, super high up on that list. Um, It makes a case for the power of like simple basic popcorn movies and i love like revisiting this movie whenever i get the chance it's fun uh, it's charming it's the easiest thing to drop into so yeah like really like it has aged weirdly over the years but I, I, you know i really like the movie i think i've turned on it a little bit in a way that i didn't expect i last watched this movie a couple of years ago and i still really liked it but this time around watching it and knowing that we were going to talk about it i think maybe I don't know. I I have more criticisms than I expected to have. But before we get into that, it remains... I mean, I think the things that have always been true about it are still true. It's sharply written. It's well-observed. It's got some really good performances. It is funny. Um, It's written, of course, by Tina Fey, who is also in the film. But it revolves around, as you heard in that clip, 
Caddy or Katie Heron, who has returned from being homeschooled um, and living in Africa and is now kind of getting a crash course in American high schools and cliques and all the rest of it. And she falls into simultaneously hating and loving a, a true frenemy relationship with the mean girls in her school, otherwise called the plastics. And her attempts to undermine them also turn into her attempts to transform herself into them. And it's as much a show about bullying and self-identity as it is just straight up about girls and comedy. Actually, every time I watch a movie like this, and I remember thinking this even when I was younger, I am so thankful that I didn't have to survive American high school, right? Mm -hmm. and, and Mean Girls is probably in some ways the epitome of what it means like to be a girl going to high school in America at a particular point in time. It might still be the same. I'm not sure. Um, but everything that that part of it of the movie strikes really true. And the part that I think hasn't aged badly at all. And in fact, you can still relate to and understand is that it can be incredibly difficult to fit in. Um, and perhaps not just in high school, right? Many of us encounter these social situations. Um, it can be incredibly difficult to fit in. You often tend to change yourself because you think that's what you have to do. Um, but along the way, you might lose yourself. And, and I think at the heart of it, that's the message that the movie is trying to give out. I think it's still very relevant. Um, the parts that are clever and the parts that are funny, though, some stuff still works really well. Um, I love the way, I love the way what mean is, is so sort of passed in the movie. Um, it constantly sort of reimagines who's actually being mean. Is Are all of us mean on some level? Are all of us a participant in this hierarchy? And is that inevitable? Those things are quite clever. Um, and then there are other things which I think just feel a little bit like, I think we're past the point where that's funny. That's actually just mean. Yeah, so I think the thing is, like, it's difficult to get why Mean Girls is so huge if you didn't catch it when it was out. Um, mm. around that, that two-year window, right? Because if you look back at it now, um, it is the most basic of basic stories. It's the, it's the fish out of water, new school, protagonist does something to betray their friend, internal conflict, prom, or some kind of school dance or school function of some kind at the end. Um, and even at the time, I think it wasn't particularly new or unique, but it was told in a way that was fresh. And it has like Tina Fey's comedic fingerprints all over it and comedic timing and, and her sense of comedy, right? Um, it has had also like a sitcom kind of pacing, uh, but with really good performances, like powerful performances. And I think for the last 19 years, every single mainstream coming of age movie has followed in that blueprint, including the movie that we're going to talk about tomorrow, uh, You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah, which has like some of the same tropes. So I think it's, it's, it's big in a way that that is basic now but wasn't basic back then. So American Pie came out in 1999 and yes. it was mostly, mostly about boys behaving badly. And I think that part of why Mean Girls resonated so much is because it's quite transgressive about... It's transgressive on screen. It doesn't even capture or begin to capture how strange and mean and wonderful girls can be in real life when cameras aren't on them and nobody's writing like a neat resolution. But I think it was the beginning of acknowledging that teenage girls can be just as messy and difficult and gross and, you know, kind of awful um, as teenage boys. And that's part of the appeal of Mean Girls, right? And in some ways it paved the way for 
for other similar things to come because it is what you were saying earlier, Sharmila, in a sense, because the Regina George character, who's very funny, by the way, um, and very well played by Rachel McAdams, is the is a character you could drop into almost any other teen movie and it wouldn't be surprising. It's the Queen Bee bully. Everybody knows who that is. What you don't necessarily expect is for the, the Lindsay Lohan character, the one who thinks of herself as a good person, but also doesn't think anything of insulting her friend within the first minute of someone else just saying, oh, what about Damien? Um, you know, that character is the one that I think opens the door for people to go, huh, what is this? Is everyone mean? Mm, yeah. Is there really a mean girl inside all of us? Would all of us be mean girls if we existed in this ecosystem? Where's our burn book, right? Yeah. And and <laughs> actually, the there are a couple of scenes as an adult now that really struck out to me in a particular way. There's a scene where each girl, even Regina George, looks at herself in a mirror and each of them finds something they dislike about the way they look. And it's quite notable that like Regina struggled throughout the movie, despite being what most people think is the most desirable person in the school, constantly wanting to lose weight, right? So there's a lot there about actually who's the person who's being torn by insecurities because um, Katie honestly was able to come into this completely alien situation and in some ways master it very quickly versus someone like a Regina George who has had to um, learn to play this game. And so there's a lot around this notion that is very smart. Um, I also just enjoy it la you know they are they are just wildly funny scenes there there are all those great reveal moments you know where suddenly Katie's like dressed up and striding down the high school hallway um that's really fun and in in many ways um like you said, Lynn, Mean Girls works because we recognize the tropes already. Um, so we know what what they're saying when they say the jocks or or the nerds or you know and and us knowing that is a big part of enjoying how this movie then in some way subverts those tropes. So I'm I'm going to take a stand and say that I think my favorite thing about Mean Girls is how the plastics and especially Regina George are not as mean as Katie. Um, even from the start, like nothing they do, like, like, yes, like Regina will steal your goofy boyfriend when she can, <laughs> but she won't. Like, I don't know, she won't pull a long con where she <laughs> pretends to be your friend for months or however long that was. And she won't feed you stuff with adverse effects on a daily Quite basis. major, right? And like <laughs> slather things on your face that could actively be harmful. Yeah. And then slowly like take your throne as the queen bee of the plastics. Like that's not, I, I don't think she's capable of that sort of meanness. No, and the I worst part is Katie going... Am I the queen bee now? Like, what What do you think happened? So this actually, is Game of Thrones level stuff. It, it, the worst rumour that gets made up is accusing somebody of a crime that gets yes. them investigated by the police. <laughs> and Katie started that. So I think that, you know, it's quite clear who is the meanest girl. I Before, before we continue, right, because I, I think we're going to talk in the... In the second half of the show about, uh, well, frankly, Lindsay Lohan's wasted potential. But before we get there, I, I wanted to say that I mentioned early on that 
the movie hasn't aged as well for me as I wanted it to. So I still think it's funny and charming and well-written. I still enjoyed it. I will probably enjoy future rewatches, but I can't unsee the mean streak within the movie. And and I, I mean that in the sense that there are times where it does feel like the movie is punching down, uh, except when it remembers itself and goes, oh, oh, right, sorry, we're not supposed to do that. Here's a crown for you. And I, I think that part bugged me in a way that I hadn't noticed when I was younger. I think... I've evolved, we've all collectively evolved as an audience as well, right? Because now with shows like Babysitter's Club and even You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah, which we'll talk about tomorrow, um, it's clear that there are ways to indicate this kind of social hierarchy in a school without having to also make fun of the people who are not the um, ones who are held up or praised. This movie takes a bit of perverse pleasure in laughing at the people who are quote-unquote ugly or um, not cool or not white or not white um, in a way that didn't need to happen but I also think that we as the audience didn't recognize back then I think for me the most disappointing part is that it's written by Tina Fey um, who is not your stereotypical Hollywood leading woman you know, and someone who is a Tina Fey should have known, should have had these sensibilities, lah. I guess you know she's like she's kind of like the outsider in that from that group, right? She and Amy Poehler and stuff. But for her to write comedy like this, that sort of punches down, is I guess the the most disappointing element of the film. So we're talking today about Mean Girls, which came out in two thousand four, written, of course, as we've been saying, by Tina Fey, directed by Mark Waters, starring Lindsay Lohan, Rachel McAdams, Amanda Seyfried, um, Lizzie Kaplan. They're just a lot of people in this and we'll come back and talk about them uh, let us know have you rewatched Mean Girls how do you think it holds up you can send us a WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio Blockbusters for me BFM 89.9 The Business Station Why don't I know you? I'm new I just moved here from Africa What? I used to be homeschooled Wait, What? My mom taught me it. So you've actually never been to a real school before? Shut up. Shut up! I didn't say anything. Homeschooled. You're like really pretty. Thank you. So you agree? What? You think you're really pretty? Oh, I don't know. Oh my god, I love your bracelet. Where did you get it? So fetch. What is fetch? Oh, it's like slang from England. Okay, you should just know that we don't do this a lot. So this is like a really huge deal. We want to invite you to have lunch with us every day for the rest of the week. Oh, it's okay. Coolness. So we'll see you tomorrow. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And actually, between those two clips, firstly, we're talking about Mean Girls. It is a throwback. It's 19 years old. But the other thing, um, listening to those clips, so much of the verbiage of Mean Girls has passed into Meme Hall of Fame, right? Like it's it, people just cite it all the time, even if they haven't seen the film. Actually, I was going to say, Regina George in her own right has become uh, a meme. Uh, people use her shorthand for a particular kind of person, uh, even in workplaces, not just a high school trope. And that's exactly what you were talking about earlier, Arvin, the fact that you had to have existed at a certain time to have watched Mean Girls to then pass on all these different little bits of what made it so great. And even just listening to that exchange, um, listening to a lot of the conversation in the movie, through today's lens, um, I will say that I kind of loved how sharply written it is. The way people speak to each other, um, the 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 
verve with which the performance kind of brings out the undertone because there's nothing inherently mean about the way Rachel McAdams sounds. And yet when you watch the scene, you know something is really off and, and she's putting on a front, even when you don't know. Uh, it's revealed only later, right, in the movie. But mm-hmm. every line that everyone delivers is done in this really clever way. And I mean, that's where the Tina Fainess is, is apparent, lah. But this is a um, Rachel McAdams movie, right? At the end of the day, um, like everyone is is great in it. Like Lindsay Lohan is great in it. But this is a Rachel McAdams movie, I think. Like no one remembers Katie something last name, but everyone remembers Regina George. And I think Rachel McAdams chewed scenery and and outperformed everyone, including the adult longtime actors in this movie, right? Um, I think the only downside of that is that so many other movies tried to have their own Regina George and the results are just like weird and awkward to watch, you know, because you can't follow that blueprint because Rachel McAdams is a really, really, really good actor. Um, She is. And I think it's how... It's that two-facedness and the fact that she manages to capture the sense that all the characters there are in her thrall, right? Because everybody describes that of simultaneously hating her guts, but also wanting so badly for for her to continue being there, for her to continue existing. And that's how you feel as an audience member too. You're like, oh, this woman. But at the same time, when it's gone too long without her, where is she? <laughs> what, what's she up to? Is she still off eating her calteen bars, you know? So I, I think after a while, you, you really start to recognize that it is uh, a Rachel McAdams movie. Um, Lindsay Lohan, though, does sparkle. And I, I think we, we Without You, Arvin, talked about Parent Trap and how lovely her performance was in that. And this was just a reminder, a further reminder of in a way, the the sliding doors moments of Lindsay Lohan's career. Yeah, I don't know whether we'll ever um, do a Freaky Friday and really complete all the things that Lindsay Lohan is most remembered for. Um, but every time I rewatch Mean Girls or Freaky Friday for that matter, I think about how at that point in her life, right, where she was like 17, 18, she was so, you said sparkling, and and really, she just really lights up the screen. There's something about her that's very watchable. I agree with you that actually Regina George is the more memorable character, but I think think you needed the, at least the veneer of wholesomeness that Lindsay Lohan manages to bring to her character for for us to be able to fully appreciate Regina George, Rachel McAdams. So I, I, I loved watching Lindsay Lohan in this. It also did, like Parent Trap, make me a little bit sad. Yeah, same, same. Um, also, I just realized, and we were having this conversation um, off air before we, we, we started the show, Lizzie Kaplan could have been the lead in this movie um, if things were different. And if she carried this, it would have been a very different movie. But I also think that she brought the kind of energy that would have matched Regina George in a very interesting way. The character that she plays, right? She's like the, the outcast, the, the rebel. Um, you know, she has a mean streak. And Lizzie Kaplan's also a very, very good actor. I, I would argue a better actor than Lindsay Lohan. So yeah. it, it could have been. She could have been. I would agree with that. Um, Lizzie Kaplan also is very riveting whenever she's on screen. Yes. There's one point at which she shouts with like real venom, axe wound. And I was like, what a great insult. <laughs> to, to call somebody an axe wound is so particular and precise and she delivers it so, so well. Um, I think that at this point, though, it is worth... 
we always advocate here for no censorship um, or at least very, very little censorship and a strong rating system. So I think it is worth talking about where we would rate um where we would grade Mean Girls because it's interesting. It's kind of candy-coloured and there's a lot about it that you think, yeah, 13-year-olds should be able to watch. And then girls start calling each other names and you think, oh, okay, no, maybe I'm going to up the age a little bit. And there's just a lot in there, right? It's, it's a great teen movie, but it's not necessarily one, I think, for younger teens. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. I think because I watched it alongside Bat Mitzvah, um, I actually thought a lot about how this feels like a movie about teenagers, but actually made for older people. Yeah, made by adults for adults. Made yeah. by hmm. adults for adults. And that if I were a parent today... I don't know that I'd let maybe even a 14-year-old watch this unsupervised. And again, I'm not a fan of um, censorship. But I do think that there is a lot here that is quite adult, even if they don't directly, for instance, show you anything. Um, just things that they allude to, the way people speak to each other. It feels to me, actually, like more and more that when I think about it, it feels to me like a movie that's actually meant for adults. So I think if the movie came out in the late 90s, and this does feel like a late 90s movie sometimes, um, then I would say, yes, it's it's for adults or maybe above 16, 17. But because the movie came out in 2004 and I'm thinking the internet existed, then I would give like 14, 15 is fine because of the kind of access to, I don't know, information. <laughs> um, and, and, and in that sense, I think it's I think it's okay, lah, you know, um, censorship aside. I just wanted to throw it out there that if you, if, because people our age are parents. And so if you mm. watched Mean Girls when you were too young, um, maybe it's worth giving it a rewatch before you let your... 13 year old just hop on because it's all fun you know because it's not, not unsupervised la. yeah yeah because ah. it's not really that kind of film even though people might remember it as that kind of film uh, we're talking today about Mean Girls from 2004 can you believe it uh, let us know if you've watched rewatched. what do you think you can whatsapp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.